Hello and welcome. This is the Bits vs. Byte podcast. I am your host, Amen Grigic, and today with me is uh, Daniel van der Schoor. Uh, he is a project director at Twinkles. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Uh, it's uh, nice to see you again because we've uh, worked together in the past. Uh, so uh, it's, been, uh, it's been a while. It's been a few years. But yes. um, I would like to start off with, uh, with what we always start off with. Uh, tell me a little bit about your background and uh, how you got to Twinkles. Um, well, let's uh, a little bit about background. Yeah, we know each other, of course, but uh, uh, way back I uh, did uh, computer science in, uh, uh, in university combined with uh, interactive multimedia. Mm-hmm. After that, I also got a degree in interaction design, so it's quite broad. Um, and in, at the end of the 90s, early 2000s, I founded my own uh, digital agency back then, creating CD-ROMs. Most people don't know them anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Banner campaigns and websites in the attic. But uh, uh, soon I started working at Mirabeau. Uh, One of uh, the podcasts we had on. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I've listened to that. And uh, um, as a project manager, worked there for a couple of years. Uh, doing great projects or great uh, online projects decided to uh, to move to the other side to to a client worked at Landau Green Parks for approximately two years building their their new commerce platform um, and then moved to uh, to TomTom uh, now Debt yeah back then it was I think it was seven years ago right now um, after all those years in, in, in the online internet world, it was time for something new, something, uh, something different, something innovative. So I started, uh, I, I moved to Twinkles. Mm. Uh, so could you tell a little bit about uh, what Twinkles does? So what, what is kind of the, the service that you want to provide to your clients? Yeah, we are uh, an augmented reality, uh, a full service augmented reality agency, so to say. We started uh, eight years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is uh, quite a long time ago. Basically, back then there was no technology, no mature technology, no mature hardware. I think uh, it was the year that the first iPad with a camera was re- released, so quite some time ago. <laughs> <laughs> doing so, augmented reality. Yeah, that, so that was, uh, there yeah. were some challenges, uh, yeah. but we're doing uh, augmented reality solutions in the broader sense. Uh, we have a, a research and development team mainly focused on computer vision. Uh, computer vision is, a, is an important part of being able to augment uh, the reality. And we have a, a, a development uh, team. So we're doing augmented reality projects for uh, several clients for about eight years now. Yeah, and uh, f- for the people listening, uh, do you like create the solutions themselves or is it something that you work out with a client or h- how does that work? So do you create the so- software yourself for doing the, 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 the actual application you probably build yourself, yes. right? Yeah. Uh, so uh, h- how does that work? So h- how does a typical kind of project in your, on your end w- yeah, well, uh, work? When we uh, get in talks with, with a client or a potential client, we usually first uh, look into, okay, what's the, the problem they want to solve and how can we solve that by applying our technology or new technology and mm-hmm. specifically AR. Um, so basically it's it's quite similar to, to most digital projects. First, there's a discovery phase that you discover, okay, is there a specific need or specific problem that we can solve and how are we able to solve that mm. and then uh, uh, we build it uh, basically we build everything in-house we have a multidisciplinary team so to say uh, so we have of course software engineers but also ux ui designers and also 3d artists to mm-hmm. be able to create a 3d um, um, 
yeah, so that's basically uh, the approach how the how the project. Uh, yeah. So um, f- from from me, uh, you had you mentioned computer vision, which is actually interesting. Mm-hmm. I think it's an interesting topic to go into because um what what does that what does that kind of entail so what what does that what does that mean a computer vision because computer vision uh, may sound to people like okay a computer cannot see right yes. that's that's the, well, that's the thing by, by default you cannot see <laughs> yeah <laughs> but if you had some peripherals like a camera yeah yeah already getting there. so so uh, how did what what do you kind of um how would you describe it so what what does it actually mean yeah basically a computer has to uh uh, needs knowledge about the real world to be able to put virtual content into the real world accurately mm-hmm. um, on the right size in the right um, spot so to say then you really need to have good knowledge of the real world and that's what computer vision is is all about uh, recognizing parts of the real world um, and also combining those with the sensor data that you have within within the mobile device yeah it becomes more and more um applicable so to say yeah um, uh, also more mature yeah and you can imagine that uh, back then uh, eight years ago yeah it took quite some computing power to uh to be able to recognize the real world in real time and and also visualize virtual content yeah, yeah. Because what what are some kind of so what what kind of sensors do you? Uh, of course, you use the camera that that's in mm-hmm. the in the device. But what what other things do you use in kind of projects to to uh, to enhance that augmented reality? Um, yeah, it depends on the use case, of course. Uh, but you can ex- uh, imagine that you can use the uh, the IMU within within your device to mm-hmm. uh, register acceleration and movement of the of the device and make use of that data to yeah, solidify the augmentation, uh, mm, mm. so to say. Mm. Also, uh, we use computer vision in another way um, to be able to do measurements, for example. Um, yeah, I can imagine if it's uh, one of our clients is, uh, is a, a client for about seven years, one of our launching customers, I think. Uh, Autolift, uh, they produce stair lifts and they had problem by measuring staircases. So they measured that by hand. And we thought, okay, why not use uh, a tablet for that? So they, now they are, uh, we enable them to just take photos of, of the staircase while moving up. Yeah. And, uh, by using computer vision um, techniques, we are reconstructing the staircase in 3D. Oh, okay. So you get a really accurate measurement, which can be used in the manufacturing of a bespoke uh, staircase, uh, stairlift as well. Mm. Yeah, because that that, uh, that kind of sounds to me like, uh, well, uh, Apple put in the kind of measuring app, right, in your, yeah, into your yeah. phone. Uh, that's uh, when, when people are talking about augmented reality, the, those are... I actually didn't think about it before, but that's that is one example of a good app that's yes. actually using augmented yeah. reality, right? Yeah. Uh, another one is, uh, and I think that's the most, maybe one of the most uh, interesting ones is actually Pokemon Go, right? Yes. Yeah. It it, it brought it to the to, to the to the public, right? It's the the mm-hmm. most downloaded AR app, and of course, there's this discussion: is it real AR? Well, 
it takes place. It, 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 it's in the, in the reality. Yeah. So it makes use and it enriches it with virtual content. So in that sense, yes. Yeah. And I think that's the one that's um, that's made it mainstream, right? Because yes. everybody... W- well, sometimes you had like the, the, the things that they showed with kind of the... I don't know if if it's really augmented reality, the HoloLens from Microsoft. Oh, as well. it, is a, it is a device. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it, it also uses kind of vision and stuff like that to mm-hmm. project things into the room that you are in. So... Uh, that that makes it makes it interesting to me. So, what what I wanted to talk about is one of the uh, uh, one of the clients you work on, mm-hmm. uh, uh, and that's uh, actually uh, IKEA, yes. which is a, a huge company, huge, of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but maybe you can uh, explain a little bit about the project that you did for them. Um, yeah, you're referring to IKEA Place, yep. uh, which was released. Um, it's already feel so long ago one and a half year ago it's not that long ago yeah um basically it's a a, 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 a very uh, how do you call it um uh, common use case um visualize furniture within your living room virtual furniture to see if it matches matches in style but also matches size wise um we really we have been working for IKEA or with IKEA for a couple of years now. Uh, first, we had uh, developed AR functionality within the catalog app, but uh, um, about a little over one and a half year ago, we got in 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 talks with them to create a specific AR application to visualize as much furniture as possible in the people living rooms globally. Mm-hmm. Um, and the most interesting part was uh, we wanted to be a launching. Uh, AR app went at the release of iOS 11 with ARKit. Mm. And at that time, that and yeah, and millions of people worldwide were enabled to use AR out of the box uh, because Apple uh, uh, provided that those devices and, and that OS with specific, uh, specific technology. Mm-hmm. Um, so we did so. Uh, we started, it was, I think, June 2017. Uh, and we had a mission to be done somewhere in September. Um, so we had nine weeks. Yeah. And you were the kind of, well, you, you were the project lead in that sense yes, that you were yeah. the, the, the uh, person managing that project and you still do. Uh, what, what's interesting to me is that we talked a little bit before we started, uh, you, had kind of a small startup phase right so you had a small kind of window to start the the whole project in yes. uh, could you tell a little bit about how that uh, how that went uh yeah basically we had to um um start running f- it was crunch time from the start that's basically it. In, in development terms what's crunch time from the start we had nine weeks uh, we had to create uh, our mission was to create the best possible experience uh app to be launched globally also yeah, um, if we wanted to be um, at the storefront, so to say, mm-hmm. then we had to do so. So we started off fairly small with a dedicated core team, uh, a couple of developers, uh, strongly uh, in, in collaboration with a design team uh, in uh, in Copenhagen. Mm-hmm. Um, we worked together, collaborating, and then we started really small. Mm-hmm. I wanted to have this small team set to set the foundation of that of that complete solution and because we had not that much time yeah it also decreased the amount of overhead in communication for yeah example. of course and yeah. then we scaled up fairly fast uh, i think we doubled the team size in, uh, after two or three weeks mm-hmm. um, and then uh, we ran towards the finish line uh, 
so to say. Yeah. So um, the kind of nine weeks, was that something that uh, you set for yourself or was that something? No, it that was uh, because it was nine weeks until the launch, until the launch ah. of iOS 11. So that was the only... <laughs> the, that was the only... And, uh, well, what, what's interesting to me is that most, what most people will do is that they will say, okay, we have nine weeks, we'll probably build a proof of concept first right yes. <laughs> and see if it works yes but, uh, that that wasn't the case in your in your, no, your we were i think we were determined and really motivated to get this out because this is a once in a lifetime opportunity yep. for not only for us as a company but also for 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 myself and my colleagues um, because this was the once in a lifetime opportunity to get this new technology which we are passionate about into millions of living rooms yeah um, so you we had to go for this yeah you and there are millions of installs yeah, i think right? it's over three three and a half million users globally right now that's crazy yeah yeah and that's is that is that uh, is it ios and android or is it yes, just combined. ios oh that's that's interesting so because, we, yeah, we yeah. launched uh, ios first uh, uh, and uh, of course google launched ar core a couple of months later and uh, we wanted to be launching uh, partner for that as well. <laughs> again as well uh, so so we did yeah, so, uh, yeah, yeah i think four months later released for uh, for android as well uh, you were probably like what what did i get myself into <laughs> yes, now <laughs> yeah, indeed. But, uh, then again it was uh, it was it was really great just to to have that uh it's also that 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 pioneering in, in a sense yeah to, uh, um, yeah to get something to get something rolling in that so short amount yeah, of time yeah it has so much impact that's mm -hmm. that's the thing because we have done quite a lot of projects of course yeah uh, but the impact there's always impact but to have this massive amount of impact in terms of users and user adoption that's something that's, uh, that's yeah really, really great yeah but you're uh, when you look at it you have uh, how many people work at twinkles at the moment uh, a little over 30 yeah so uh fairly fairly small to medium enterprise yes. right yeah. uh and working for such a big player in uh, in the world not not mm -hmm. just in in the netherlands uh, i think uh, did that is that easier for you being a smaller company to to work for such a bigger part bigger company in that sense when you're small is that easier do you think because you compared worked, to what yeah well easier in the sense that um is it easier because of the communication and stuff like that i think uh what makes it well not easier but what uh works for us is the agility exactly yeah i think as a small company by itself you you are agile by nature mm, yeah and that agility and especially if you have to move fast because of a, a deadline uh, there are always deadlines but this was just a really hard deadline yeah uh, and then the agility and also having that experience because that's the way we work that really helped to to move really fast mm. Mm. Yeah, because the the what people forget about these kind of things or these kind of applications is that um, you you really need to make something that that's going to work for, as you said, billions of users. Yes. Uh, and uh, I mean, doing that in nine weeks seems crazy to me when I well, was <laughs> when I think. Well, about yeah, you're it. right because this this is also for lots of people the very first time that they are using an yeah. AR solution. And of course, yeah, AR has been around for for quite some time now. But to have it uh, to have lots of first time AR users, that's uh, difficult. And the that's why the experience has to be yeah pristine or it it it, should, it just has to work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you have to do it in collaboration with the the client in this case yes. as well because. I can imagine that they didn't do a project like this before, right? Uh, as well. Not that, yeah, I don't know, maybe, yeah. but, but not... Uh, it's, it, as it is a new field, I mean, yeah. like that, right? It's, it's really new, and uh, I think 
as we said, there are some examples that that did it pretty good, mm-hmm. uh, but there are not a lot of companies doing this. No, nope. uh, and that's that's the that's the thing that I uh, that's interesting to me. Uh, so what I wanted to go into as well is that. A lot of people talk about augmented reality. It's kind of a bit of a hype in some yeah, cases. It's, it's <laughs> Sometimes feels like that. It's always augmented reality and artificial intelligence. Yes, yeah. <laughs> and especially around uh, mobile world conference right now, and then it peaks again. Yeah, and then yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I would, I would, um, I would love to know about your thoughts about some other applications that could be that it could be used for right mm-hmm. uh, what, what are some of the things that you think that uh, this augmented reality space will move into as well yeah it's quite difficult to determine of course because yeah. it's a fast moving technology and yeah as you say yeah there are so many applications uh, right now uh, what you see uh, there are quite a lot of uh, applications in in retail um, of course uh, furnishing is uh, uh, quite becomes quite quite common, uh, but also uh, you see things with uh, that try before you buy solutions. That, mm. That's basically what uh, is popping up quite quite fast right now. Um, like companies who will provide uh, eyewear and glasses, and you just try before you buy. Mm. Um, that's that's a field where lots of development, um, but also in, in enterprise, so business. And that's what you see where, uh, for example, Microsoft uh, right now is focusing uh, focusing on, with, especially with the release of the HoloLens 2, mm-hmm. which was announced a couple of days ago at Mobile World Congress. They're aiming at enterprise solutions uh, for, for the industry, for example, um, to make use of um, eyewear, in this case, the HoloLens for uh, remote assistance, but also uh, uh, other technical applications like uh, training instructions. Um, yeah. yeah, I think uh, you probably heard or read about it that uh, the, the, the US Army has uh, announced an agreement that they have with Microsoft to to use HoloLenses in, uh, uh, the, uh, in, in their army. Yeah, mm. yeah because uh, why, do you, why do you think they that these kind of it's a bit of a hard question because you don't work there but why do you think uh the application is going to be in business first instead of the consumer because you did a consumer-based application Uh, why do you think that is it's also i think a use case driven Mm -hmm. uh it's also use use case driven and especially in business or in industry if you want to use it uh, in maintenance or in uh, uh instruction or training and if you want to do it hands-free, yeah, then you need some kind of hardware. Mm. Um, and that's quite expensive. Yeah, yeah. Um, also, um, there is, uh, well, that's, uh, there's more and more real ROI uh, on, on uh, doing enterprise applications, mm. uh, especially if you can shorten um, fabrication time or shorten learning time and reduce uh, errors in in manufacturing by uh, assisting with with AR technology. Um, So that makes it um, more and more interesting for for companies to move into uh, these kinds of solutions. Yeah, and I think that one of the the solutions I saw a while ago, I'm not sure where I I saw it again, but was also in the kind of medical space, right? Yes. So people using it for as you said, training, but more in the sense of training someone to operate. And yeah, stuff training like that. virtually because yeah, yeah it's, it's 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 different to operate. Yeah, to sim- do a, to a simulation on a computer, or related to something in the real world. Hmm. 
yeah so they would for example uh, you you could uh, just put down a puppet right a mm -hmm. big puppet <laughs> and and make it display things on the on yes, the puppet yeah. and i think the most interesting uh, part of that is is that you're able to present the the, the content so the instructional content in the right context so mm. at the time that you need it exactly at the space that you expect it mm. so yeah and in the re real world re real world <laughs> to say it correctly <laughs> uh, you have that you have that as well so say for instance someone's going to really operate on someone mm -hmm. uh, it's interesting that they would uh, be able to see some st things like information that yes maybe someone doesn't see on the surface yeah right? I think that's uh, I think that's 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 key mm. to, to provide users or uh, with that that information at the time they need it, but also in the right context. Mm. Yeah, because uh, say for instance, they uh, have some sensors or whatever, uh, maybe blood pressure or yeah, whatever. Yeah, you can, of course, uh, it's technically possible to read that data mm. and display it one way or the other, either on uh, on iWare or on a tablet or on a phone, it, yeah. but that's a form factor, right? Yeah, um, yeah, of course. I mean, the, I mean, when you're operating, of course, you want to have your hands free. Yes. You could be, uh, uh, you can use them both when you're when you're operating. Mm -hmm. But I, I think that that's a that's an interesting space to me because um, it sometimes feels. Uh, of course, we have a lot of technology and kind of mm -hmm. medical care mm -hmm. and stuff like that. But uh, it, the, this is kind of like it feels like the next step. Right, mm -hmm. it feels like the next step to enhance our lives, not just in this kind of space, but no. also all around us. So, um, but what's interesting to me is, well, I talked to Heine uh, yes. uh, from yeah. Mirabeau, and he was also talking about that in the future you would maybe not even have screens anymore. It would just be <laughs> something be, that yeah. that you that something that just projects on something, or mm -hmm. you can see it in the real world, yeah. right? Um, what do you what do you think? What do you feel like uh, where it could go to? What do you think? Yeah, it's that's it's hard. <laughs> it's hard. It's science fiction, but it moves fast. And I think uh, um, there are quite some initiatives right now to 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 map the real world, to be able to uh, enrich that real world with virtual data mm. everywhere. So basically, there's this great article uh, you have to read it. Uh, it was published on Wired by. Uh, uh, it was, I think, it was called the Mirror World. It was published a couple of weeks ago, and that basically describes this this vision of this or this idea, uh, which is being actually being developed quite quite some uh, uh, quite some companies on the world, the AR cloud. So basically, create uh, a mapped version of the world to be able to enrich that with virtual data all the time, and that might be might be something that you were referring to. Also, mm. so basically, it becomes a new interface with the world. So it, it might not be, a of course, it's a screen or a display, but the form factor, yeah, that's something that's really hard to predict. But yeah, it would be so. It it, it would be a logical step in, yeah. in 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 development to be able to uh, display specific information exactly in on, on the spot where you need it. Uh, and it should also be persistent. Yeah, you know, because if you put something over there, you can leave it there for someone else to see, and then, or for yourself, for your future self. <laughs> and then, yeah. uh, when you come back to yeah, a spe you, yeah. specific spot that you were in maybe uh, yeah, a year exactly. ago. Yeah, and that that's something. Uh, um, uh, there, yeah, there are lots of developments in that field. Hmm. Um, so that will be indeed uh, one of yeah one future um, uh, step. Yeah, so you would kind of create a virtual world that someone could overlay over the real world. Yeah, that's neat. Yeah, exactly. That's sick. 
Yeah, that's sick because I, I, what I was just thinking about it is, say for instance, you go on a journey somewhere mm-hmm. and you go to a specific spot. I don't know. Mm-hmm. You're going to, I'm just saying, Barcelona or something mm-hmm. like that. Uh, and maybe two or three years later, you go again. And you maybe even forgot about what you did there and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But you go to a specific spot and it would just pop up or something like that. Like you were here mm-hmm. <laughs> two or three years ago. <laughs> this is what, what it looked like at that, at that that's, time. That's of course, yeah, if you have that data available, mm. um, that, that could be a use case. Indeed. Yeah. Yeah, the, the only hard thing about it is there is going to be... There, we need more players, right? We need more players in this space. Yeah, I think yeah, yeah, that's, uh, that's it. You need uh, more players. It, uh, the data has to be uh, created somewhere. Yeah. Or aggregated or uh, exposed somewhere. Um, well, that's what you... Uh, yeah, that's indeed... Yeah, that's, that's going to be... That has to be huge, right? I mean, <laughs> you need, that's an insane amount of data when you think yes, about it. Yeah. So what I was wondering about as well is that uh, how how do you actually... Because I wanted to get back to that IKEA thing mm-hmm, that you sure. did. Uh, how did you actually... How do you get like the, all the information that you need to be able to display it on the screen? How does that work? Uh, and, so uh, the information, so about the furniture, how it looks okay, like, and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, we of course we cannot, uh, we 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 will not create that ourselves. No, because, of no, course. Yeah, why? Uh, because that information is available. So what we do is we interface with the system, with the product information systems. Hmm. That's the only way. Because, yeah, uh, if you want to uh, uh, be consistent. <laughs> Uh, fast um, yeah that's the only way is to interface with existing systems yeah and the data always resides somewhere of course yeah uh, and if not then it should reside somewhere at a, at a, uh, they should make sure that it's uh, available somewhere but um, yeah what we do is we interface with that um, combine the data um, so if you display a furniture item uh, then we just aggregate the the, the the matching product information yeah and uh, it's really important that uh, you have one single point of truth yes, as well yeah, right that's, if you, that's that's your ground truth that's yeah yeah the source and of course it's it sounds easier than it is because it, it can be fairly difficult to uh, interface with different uh, product information systems yeah also because uh, we released globally so it has to be localized information uh, which has to be up to date yeah because uh, of course prices change availability changes over time uh, but yeah, uh, even though the app looks fairly simple or uh, it does not have that many features, but yeah, the backend is quite uh, hmm. quite large. Yeah, because as you said, it has to be localized. In in some cases, uh, it could be that this particular country doesn't have that particular furniture yes. piece, right? That's the or thing. Uh, uh, just something which is slightly different in terms of sh- or of size or material. Ah, <laughs> yeah, uh, maybe they have some different color that uh, another country yeah, doesn't could have. Be, yeah, could be. Yeah, and h- how does that work with the kind of three D models? Because you have to have those three D models. Yeah, that was that right? was uh, that was uh, quite quite a challenge, and that's a challenge that that lots of companies. Uh, are dealing with because you need to have that content hmm. um, and we wanted to have a fairly yeah, a, a, a very big amount of, of products at initial launch so right now I don't know by heart but it's approximately seven to 8,000 I think uh, of furniture items which we have available it's a lot it's a lot uh, and what we've done um, we created uh, tools for IKEA to automate the conversion process. So they have quite some 3D available, of course, mm-hmm. uh, but that's mostly created for uh, photorealistic static rendering. Uh, but you have to imagine that if you want to display it on real in real time on a mobile device, 
yeah, then you have to reduce the poly count and uh, the, uh, the way uh, the materials are being rendered, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, yeah, if you do it, have to do that manually, then it will be. Uh, it's yeah, not. It's, yeah, it's, you it's don't want to do it. No, that, that wouldn't have been done in nine weeks. No. <laughs> <laughs> so we we thought, okay, let's do it smart. Uh, so we created uh, some tools for them to be. Uh, be able to convert it, a 3D conversion pipeline, that's how we call it, Yeah. Uh, with, with some uh, preview tools. So basically automate that process uh, and that's still being used right now to be able to um, provide the app with uh, new models continuously. Hmm. Yeah, because that, that, that um, when you look at it, of course, they already have those models because they use it in maybe their yeah, uh, no. marketing or whatever. Yeah. I mean, you can use it in all kinds of places. And of, of course, when you want to manufacture it, it's handy if there is a, yes. some kind of model, yeah. right? But it, uh, what you're actually saying is that, um, w- well, when I think about it, I think, okay, 3D is 3D, right? Yes. Uh, w- what's so different about that uh, using it because of course you know the ca- the angles and stuff mm-hmm. like that, that that would change how it would look like but uh, 3D is 3D for a lot of people mm-hmm. right uh, what what's kind of the difference between those between I those I think two? it's uh, to but that's kind of simplifying it but it's yeah. the level of detail mm-hmm. level of detail in terms of geometry and also in terms of material so textures Mm. Uh, if you want to have something which you if you want to display something uh, photorealistically you can just yeah uh, set the computer to render for a couple of hours and then it will be really high res but also uh, really high density in terms of uh, detail so you can imagine that everything in 3d is uh, divided into triangles and the more triangles you have the more detail you have geometry wise and that's something that uh, uh, you do not want uh, when you want to render it in real time. Yeah, uh, because it's too heavy. It's then. too heavy. It's, it, 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 uh, it, it uses too much computing power. Uh, also, we, you, you can reduce that by uh, simplifying the 3D, but you do not want to oversimplify it because it has to be... That, yeah, it has to, has to like recognize thing, it as yeah, an yeah. event. So we have to, have to make it as realistic as possible. Um, so there are ways around it. For example, yeah, hide hide the bolts or hide the inside. Yeah, that's not yeah, important, yeah, right? Because, but that's uh, uh, it sounds easier than it is. But uh, um, that's the way to to be able to render it in real time. Because yeah, that 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 iPhone or that Android phone has to do quite a lot. Yeah, it yeah. has to uh, uh, the, the cameras running all the time. It has to uh, compute uh, position. It has to render yeah. in, in real time also. So. Yeah, and that's that's the crazy thing is that um, that's what a lot of people also forget is that these three D models are created by uh, by computers that are way way stronger than, yes. <laughs> than your mobile phone, right? Yeah. And that's, that's initially in, indeed, yeah, yeah. And of course, what you say, what you're saying as well is that uh, it has to be in a certain spot based on what your camera is looking at mm. and knowing exactly, okay, I have to put it just like this so it will actually look like the chair is there, for yes. example, yeah. right? Um, so what are some of the the other use cases you guys have created outside of maybe IKEA or whatever? Mm. Uh, what, what are some of the use cases you use AR for as well? Um, yeah, um, I can maybe elaborate, elaborate a little on, on the other lift uh, case, which I yeah, just sure. mentioned. Yeah, yeah. Um, we started first with Visualize tool, which is quite straightforward, If you but it was seven years ago, so 
back then it was not that straightforward <laughs> <laughs> there but were a lot of uh, th- that's a good point because there there were no tools at the moment no yeah, the technology was not mature enough or not there yet uh there's not that much the technology the, the hardware was not there yet or not mature enough yeah uh, but what we did is uh, first of all we created uh, a visualization tool to visualize the staircase uh, the stair lift into the staircase um, and after that, a measuring uh, uh, tool. Uh, that's been ongoing development for a couple of years, of course, but yeah. we tried to uh, release uh, yeah, yeah, on an incremental basis. Um, so what we've done is we've created, yeah, what I've just mentioned, also that technology to measure a staircase, but also that's input for the manufact- uh, for, for to, to manufacture the bespoke staircase. Ah. At first, they were measuring by hand, um, and then they written, wrote it down on a piece of paper, send it. Then yeah, it's easy to make a. It's, it's easy, easy to make, to make an error. Yeah. So if you, it's it's a bespoke uh, rail uh, staircase rail. It's easy to mistake a one for a zero. So you, instead of a one uh, a ten centimeter uh, rail part, you get a seventy centimeter real, centimeter rail part, and then yeah. it doesn't fit. So lots of sandbags. Hmm. So what we've done is we created a measure tool. And that also changed the business of, of Autolift a little. Because if we were able to do that, why aren't we able to generate a, a componentized reel digitally? Ah. So they created a new product. And that reduced the delivery time from, um, I think it was eight weeks, uh, back to uh, 48 hours. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, that's, that's interesting because that... that um a lot of people, me included, uh, when I think about AR, I'm like, okay, it's pretty gimmicky, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's a marketing campaign. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, very cool. Yeah, very I can cool. do that. There's, but, a, there's a Pokemon somewhere over there, yeah. Yeah, and that, that's that's coming back to that the whole enterprise thing as well, is that, that you want to create some things that can add value, right? Yes, they need yeah. to add value to what your customer is doing, mm-hmm. but also it can add value in the sense that they maybe work more efficiently or whatever, exactly. right? Yeah. Um, and that's 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 what's really interesting to me and that's what, what I uh, like about augmented reality as well, is yeah. that um, p- people often, and that's with most new technologies, it mm-hmm. kind of starts out as a gimmick. Yes. Look what we can do. Yeah, but that's how it surfaces, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And after that, the whole, the real use cases come out. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that's, I think it's interesting. It's it's a really a field that's going to change in the next couple of years, right? Yes, yeah. Um, what I'm, uh, I want to do, I want to uh, wrap up. I have one more question for you. Yes. The burning question. You know, you know what's coming. <laughs> I know what the question is. <laughs> what are you most proud of? Uh, yeah, I think uh, yeah, I just mentioned it. But what I'm most proud of is that we were able to do this 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 project for IKEA. Uh, hmm. Huge impact globally. Just a couple of guys in Rotterdam. Uh, yeah, um, yeah. But uh, uh, that 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 my team and I, we brought AR to the many. I think that's uh, what, I, what I'm most proud of, millions of people using our application globally. Um, yeah, that's, uh, that's a huge accomplishment. Yeah, and, uh, and I think that's, you're completely right, right? I mean, as I said, building it, something like this in a few weeks, uh, that's just crazy. And I, I take my hat off to you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, how can uh, people find the uh, Twinkles? 
Uh, of course, uh, on the website, twinkles.com, T-W-N-K-L-S.com. Yep. And uh, there are lots of links to other channels. Over there. And the IKEA app is actually called IKEA Place. It's IKEA Place. Yeah, okay. Uh, you can download that on the App Store and yes. Google Play Store. In yeah. this case. Uh, I would like to thank you for being here. Uh, and uh, for the listeners, of course, you can find the Bits vs. Byte podcast on bitsvsbytes.com and also on all, in- all uh, social media, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter. It's all Bits vs. Bytes. And we're on all uh, major podcasting platforms. So I would like to thank you for listening and until next time.